Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 120 of Jeff Reads His Book. I'm your host, Jeff, and today we're reading chapter 26 of Powerless, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in touch with me, head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com. There's three ways right there. We'll go over them at the end of the show, but it's basically email and Twitter and one that nobody uses. Yay! But more importantly, while you are there, you should buy one of these terrible books I wrote. Oh my god, that's right. You can get a copy of Offworlder, which is a prequel to this book, or Bringing Balance, which is a sequel to this book. Ooh, it's so exciting, and they kind of match. Like, Offworlder is in red, and Bring Balance is in black, so they kind of look neat because they have the same, like, uh, pattern on the cover, so uh, that's your thing. I think they look nice next to each other on the shelf, sort of, but if you don't care about that, you can get an ebook, I guess. I mean, do you have a tablet? Are tablets a thing? Do people still have tablets? I feel like kids have tablets, like kid kids, like younger kids, you know, so they can play... Uh, I don't know, Roblox, is that a thing? Whatever. (laughs) Welcome to the show! So, uh, what's been going on? We're doing this on a Tuesday. I have a busy week ahead of me, so uh, I didn't get a chance to do this on Sunday. And why? Well, mostly because the Browns were playing at one, and I have to hang out with the lovely Laura, which is a delight, and I clearly would rather do that then hang out on this podcast, but whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I'm doing this on a Tuesday. Uh, the lovely Laura went into the office today, so I got a little bit of time at home. Thought I'd squeeze this in, did some uh, good amount of work this morning. I had to go shopping, which was kind of weird, but I do have to say that the Home Depot gave me a $10 rebate after I purchased, what, $5 worth of light bulbs? That was nice. Mostly because uh, their freaking self-checkout machines don't work. You know who wouldn't have done that? A person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, all I did was, like, they were $5 appliance light bulbs. The dryer light bulb burned out, which, interestingly enough, it didn't actually burn out. So that's a different story. But who gives a shit? Because I went to Home Depot. I bought some light bulbs. I went to the self-checkout line because they don't have people there anymore. And I slid a 20 in to pay for the $5, and it slipped me back two tens and a 5 as change. So that was a nice, nice surprise today. And I used that 10 to buy milk, which is uh, maybe sounds weird, but milk is delicious. What are you going to do? But uh, that's been my day so far. I went out shopping, and then I came home. I didn't get the milk at Home Depot, just FYI. Anyway. Do they sell milk at Home Depot? I don't think so, but they sell, like, Gatorade. Ugh. Ah, all right. (laughs) I don't even know what I'm talking about today. All right. Anyway, today, let's just get into this shit, huh? We're reading Chapter 26 of Powerless. Okay, so it comes in at a whopping 159 lines. All I kind of said, if you recall last time, they had a little bit of a run-in on the road, And they went to a sawmill, and then uh, Henry beat the shit out of a whole bunch of people. Well, 
He beat the shit out of two of them, and then Margo hit one with a log. And we're not sure how big that log was, but I don't know. Um, you know what? Margo's probably pretty fit. I think we make fun of Henry in Homecoming. That's the sequel to Bringing Balance. <laughs> okay, in Homecoming, that's right. Margo uh, never has any, like, fitness problems. Henry constantly has fit. He has trouble with stairs and stuff. And uh, Margo, none of that. So Margo is quite fit. I think that's established canon. And me saying it on the podcast, I think, makes it canon, since I'm the fucking author, right? But anyway, Margo's pretty fit. So yes, she could pick up a small log, no problem, beat some guy over the head with it. Henry's the fatty in this story, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, anyway... They are now post-fight scene, so that's not good for today's, you know, reading. We can assume that it's going to be not interesting, and I think that's fair, because all I have written down for notes are uh, relationship stuff. So Margot and Henry, they're clearly going to fight some more. Eh, it's going to be fine. But we're going to get back to some roots of this book series, and we'll, we'll discuss that as it happens after we dive in. To chapter 26. So for today's episode, I am sipping on some delicious cask-aged Evan Williams Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And I'm doing it neat today. Um, And cask-aged is uh, maybe a little bit over-promising. So it's been in a tiny barrel in my basement, uh, compliments of my sister and her whole family. Thank you very much. It's engraved. It's a delightful little gift. I mean, little isn't the right word because I think it contained a receipt. It was quite expensive, but it was nice. I really enjoy it. Um, but I poured the Evan Williams in this week, so it's clearly not done. And I do understand that I mean, Evan Williams Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey is already at least two years old, but it kind of like mellows out inside that barrel in my basement. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Is it just alcohol evaporating? I don't know. Right into the show, jeffreadsisabook.com. But anyway, uh, today, let's, uh, well, I'm sipping it. It's early, early in its lifespan. It should be in the barrel longer, but it's good. Mm. Okay. They pushed the one horse pulling their cart hard down the road, Billings at the reins with Margot beside him. My descriptions of horses and carts are terrible. Do you push a horse hard? And the the horse they're pushing is pulling a cart. I wouldn't push a horse because I'd get kicked from behind, right? Ooh, I think I've made that joke before in this goddamn book. All right. Henry sat in the cart's bed behind her, face backwards, looking for any other approaching horseman. I feel like that should be facing backwards, whatever. Margot was hopeful that there wouldn't be any other mages along this route. Route? Route? Their forces already spread thin across multiple exits from each town. There was a chance, however, that other mages were now converging on this southern route. Route? Whatever. Within an hour, they were... Sorry, there's a typo and it makes it confusing. 
Within an hour, they, we, approaching the outskirts of a small village as promised by the three young mages. That sentence sucked. Margot scanned their approach for any sign of soldiers or unfriendly mages. But the town appeared normal. She was aware that at least the one soldier almost certainly passed this way, though. Remember, one of them ran off after Henry's neck got, like, cut open, and eh, it wasn't very good. It was like a battle scene, but it kind of sucked. Rather than travel through the center of town, Margot instructed Billings to take them through the outskirts until they encountered a major road heading east away from the area. In case anybody was worried, we weren't doing directions in this book. Thankfully, they did not encounter any suspicious eyes, and the village was falling away behind them to the west within just a few minutes. Do you think if you went through, like, this podcast or the books themselves, that you could, like, build a map of, what, this area? The whole world of magic, since we don't have a better name for it? I don't know. Do you think you could put one together? I have a lot of directions and what way they were traveling and what they were doing. I, I feel like you could have, like, a moderately interesting one. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you'd have a lot of leeway with drawing... You know, what, shorelines, huh? Like Slarta Bartfast, huh? Yeah, look it up. That's a not a deep cut. It's just from a different book. All right. <laughs> um, let's see. I think we should stop at the next village we encounter, Margot said. Hopefully, we'll be far enough away that they will be more resistant to the presence of magistrates. She saw Henry shrug without turning and she could feel her temper flaring. She is a hothead. I think we've established that. However, she also felt some tenderness for him. His neck was covered in blood, after all. He didn't seem particularly bothered by it, which was some relief. Mm, I don't know about that, Margot. Mm. Sounds like he's just super pissed. <laughs> Have you been this way before, Billings? She asked, trying to make small talk. No, never, he said. I've only been at Freben's Run for two months, and I haven't had time to explore. We mostly stayed in the immediate area. Why are you doing this? Margot asked out of curiosity. Why are you running from the magistrates? Because Horatio needs help, and he's been a good friend so far, he said. Also, I think seeing them dismantle your home violently makes you think twice about their noble motives. Margot laughed. Ha! Well, that picked up loud, my bad. <laughs> Margot laughed. Ha! Yes, I would guess it does. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. It's okay, he said. I think worse was seeing everyone I knew there be marched east out of the settlement to who knows where. Margot froze in her seat, speechless. After a moment, she managed. East? Sure. Once they rounded everyone up, they were all driven east from the settlement, Billings explained. But they would surely turn north to Elias shortly after moving east, Margot said. I doubt that, Billings replied. The Great Crane March. Ooh. All right, did you hear that? The Great Crane Marsh. 
It's spelled correctly. I just can't speak right now. I doubt that, Billings replied. All right, I'm going to take a breather here. I think the reason I can't speak is I haven't spoken to anybody since, what, Laura left this morning? Wow, that's fucked up, right? Because I did say I went shopping and I bought milk and light bulbs, but I didn't interact with people. I use self-checkouts. Oh, my God. (sighs) My hell world is very strange, right? I don't... How did I not talk to anybody today? You know what I've been noticing? I feel like because of this, like, isolation of the pandemic, almost, I feel like I don't make eye contact anymore. What is that about? Is that like some weird introversion that's getting drastically worse? Oh, damn. Wow. We are really diving deep into the psyche of the host in this podcast. And if you want to hear more about this podcast, hide it all over to Jeffrey's Booker. Okay. All right. Um, where the hell were we? Um, Margot froze in her seat, speechless. After a moment, she managed east. Sure, once they rounded everyone up, they all were driven east from the settlement, Billings explained. But they would surely torn, turn north. I'm going to page down since I can't read these sentences. I think it's that Eliath has thrown me off. But they would surely turn north to Eliath shortly after moving east, Margot said. I doubt that, Billings replied. The Great Crane Marsh is just a mile or two east of the settlement. There's no reliable north for, I'd guess, 50 miles? Margot's heart sank. Sandhill's mages were moving to intercept what was supposed to be the prisoners from Freben's Run being taken north. Instead, they were almost certainly riding towards a trap. The intelligence was useless, though, from their current location. Oh, so, do you remember, Margot and Henry were just, went, they were just sent to, like, see what happened at Freven's Run, but the rest of the Sandhill Mages, which, is that the name of the series, or Sandhill Chronicles? I don't know. Uh, anywho... They went further north to intercept the magistrate's men. That was very spooky, scary. Anyway, Henry and Margot didn't go with them. They went somewhere else, so that's fun. All right. She looked back at Henry, who was leaning back on both hands and staring off into the distance. She weighed telling him, but she didn't think there would be any point. All they could do now is head for Sandhill. Drinking break! That's fun, yay! Mm. I feel like neat, like without the ice. The drinking breaks just don't have the same like audio pop that you guys are looking for. And not pop in the bad way where it makes booms and the basses. But I feel like today it's going a little better, except I've been yelling a little bit, but let's ignore that. Okay. It's probably a bad echo if I'm yelling, bouncing off the wall in front of me. I think if I had, like, um, some of those, like, soundproof foam things around the basement, it might be better. But I think more helpful would just be a rug. I think that would really improve the studio experience. What does the live studio audience think? I'm looking over at them. Yeah, they're nodding. They agree. Like, a nice, maybe oriental rug. Or at least fake or whatever. I feel like an oriental rug could be, like, cheap, maybe, if you went to, like, a thrift store or something. But 
I'd be very afraid of bed bugs. I'd have to buy it at like a Goodwill. You know what I mean? They, I feel like, know how to take care of bed bugs. That's their fucking job. All right. As evening approached, they rolled into another village. One Henry didn't know, though he was not surprised. He was exhausted, but he looked forward to dinner and a bed and possibly somewhere to clean his neck wound, which throbbed. Gross. The little village had a single inn, and Billings maneuvered their cart to the rear stables for safekeeping for the evening. Together, the group of five, wow, we are keeping track of a lot of people right now, am I right? Disembarked for the dining room for dinner and, hopefully, lodgings. Stepping inside the dimly, uh, stepping inside the dimly lit room, alright, let's try again, alright, third take. Stepping inside the dimly lit dining room, Henry felt a surge of relief upon seeing the room free of any sign of magistrates. He walked to the bar to handle the business of the evening with the man behind the counter. Oh, because a woman couldn't have that job? Whatever! Oh, freaking sexist authors. What can I do for you folks, he asked, looking at Henry's neck momentarily with concern. We'd love to get two rooms and dinner for the evening, Henry said, placing some money on the bar top. He assumed that... With a neck wound, he might be asked to leave. Cash might smooth things over. The bartender took the money, almost certainly an overpayment, Henry assumed, and replied, Yes, of course, sir. I also have a barmaid. Wait, the bartender took the money. Okay, see, this is a nice example of bad writing. I'm like overusing or abusing commas. The bartender took the money, almost, all right, if we leave out the Henry phrase, the bartender took the money, almost certainly an overpayment, and replied, yes, of course, sir. That makes sense. The problem is what I actually wrote was, the bartender took the money, almost certainly an overpayment, Henry assumed, and replied, yes, of course, sir. So now it sounds like Henry's talking. What the fuck? Who wrote this garbage book? Right, out, uh, right into the show, jeffreesesbook.com. Okay, I'm tripping over myself. God damn. I'm like out of my mind today. Doesn't it sound like that? I just, it's that I haven't spoken to anybody. And I've been kind of like listening to podcasts all day instead of music. So I haven't been able to like sing along or anything like that. Mm, yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. <laughs> the bartender took the money, almost certainly an overpayment, Henry assumed, and replied, Yes, of course, sir. I also have a barmaid who would probably be able to take care of that cut for you. That would be great, he said, smiling. Find yourselves a table, he said. I'll just fetch Genevieve for you. They all sat down together silently. Henry guessed the silence was probably due to exhaustion more than anything. Margot looked particularly downtrodden. Those are some big words for writing a, what, 50,000 words in a month? What, what, you can't be typing that many letters. Margot looked particularly downtrodden, but Henry wasn't in the mood to explore that and somehow start a fight. 
That is a great view of your relationship if you just assume you're going to start a fight. After only a minute or so, a young woman came out from the kitchen and stood at the end of the table. When she looked at Henry, she said, Oh my, that is a messy one. It's not so bad, Henry said with a smile. I hope they're talking about his neck wound and not like, um, hmm, what would be messy? A messy one. I don't know. Right into the show, JeffreyJesusBuck.com. Maybe a soccer ball. Get it? Get it? Because messy is somebody. All right. <laughs> uh, it's not so bad, Henry said with a smile. Nonsense. It looks terrible, she said, putting her hands on her hips. Just like every woman when a man speaks. Am I right? Oh, sexism. Waving at the other people around the table, she said, How could all of you allow him to travel with this mess on his neck? Without waiting for an answer, she grabbed his arm and yanked him up. Come now, I'll have this cleaned up before dinner is served. Henry dutifully followed the young girl down a hallway into the rear exit of the inn. She, uh, I got a page down. Here we go. Sorry, people. Oh, Jesus. Just ruin. I'm taking you right out of the story. Putting her hands on it. All right. Henley Henry dutifully followed the girl down a hallway to the rear exit of the inn. She pointed to, at a chair left outside and said, sit there and wait. Henry nodded, happy to have someone else take charge. Uh, I feel like Margot takes plenty of charge in your relationship, so fucking deal with it. <laughs> deal with it? Is that the right word? What do you say? This isn't like a revealing moment where he's happy another woman is taking charge. Well, maybe he's happy another woman is taking charge, but I think it's pretty clear Margot's in charge of this relationship. Yeah. She disappeared back inside, leaving him alone in the moonlight. Oh, we're going to have some deep thoughts in moment here? No, we're not. The young woman reappeared moments later with a dinner tray holding some objects in it and a large bowl. I wonder if the dinner tray was stolen from McDonald's. She set everything down carefully on the ground by his feet, and he could now see thread, tweezers, scissors, a sponge, a bowl of water, and a miscellaneous vial. Oh, we're getting stitches. Gross. All I'm going to do right now is clean this wound, she said, trailing off as if expecting some further information. Oh, I'm Henry, by the way, he said. Oh, so that should have been like a, a an ellipsis at the end of that, don't you think? Clean this wound, you know, and she's like waving her hand to see what his name is. Henry, my, okay, Henry, my name is Genevieve, she replied as she dabbed the sponge in the water. She started by cleaning the blood from his neck using water infected with Giardia and amoebas so he'll get amoebic disorder. And Henry was pleasantly surprised by her gentle touch and the fact that the water was warm. Oh, Margot would not like this chapter. Am I right, folks? It stung along the cut slightly, but it felt good to get the crusted blood off his skin. Gross. As she cleaned, she said, Well, Henry, I don't think I'll need to sew you shut tonight. I didn't get all the way through. It didn't get all the way through the skin. How'd this happen? Do you remember it? We actually said it didn't get all the way through the skin because Henry made that thought. Is that a thought bubble? Thought comment? Whatever. It was in the story. Who gives a shit? All right. How did this happen? 
Henry thought wildly for an excuse before blurting out, It was a cooking accident. Yes, a knife hit my neck. Very complicated story. She laughed lightly at him. Yes, a cooking accident. Sounds very plausible. Oh, so you don't believe me? He asked jokingly. Usually with a cut like this, it's best that I just believe the excuse, no matter how terrible it is, she responded, making them both laugh. Ha! Ha! There we go, two laughs. That was good. Um, When the wound was clean, she opened the vial and, using a clean rag, which those two words usually don't go together, applied some ointment to the wound. It burned only for a moment before the wound went numb. It should sterilize it. Oh, so they know about sterilization in the world of magic. That's nice. And keep it from hurting, she said. Just try not to touch it for an hour or so. That feels so much better, Henry exclaimed. What do I owe you for this? She laughed. It's on the house because you make me laugh. Ha! She start back into the inn carrying her tray of tools. Wow, good grammar. Henry heard her say, a cooking accident, as she just disappeared back inside. Ooh, drinking break. That was fun, right? (sighs) I am really reading bad today. Oh, well, who gives a shit? Just as Margot was beginning to... I should have paged down first. All right. Pretend we didn't start the chapter. Here we go. Let's pause for a minute. And uh, the producer can cut cut this out of the recording, right? Okay. He's nodding. Yes. Just as Margot was beginning to rise to... Oh, wait. The producer says he needs like a mark. Okay. All right. We'll do a countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Mark. All right. And we're back. Okay. Does anybody know where I am in the book? Just as Margot was beginning to rise to find what had become of Henry, he suddenly returned down a back hallway and joined them at their table, sitting down comfortably next to Margot, smiling. You certainly look happy, she said without any amusement because she's a jealous bitch. She was still too worried about their friends being ambushed to the north. All cleaned up, Henry exclaimed as drinks and dinner arrived, served by the woman named Genevieve. Yes, we know her fucking name. Also misspelled here. We have Genevieve. Okay. Hopefully you're careful with these dinner knives, she said, laughing along with Henry. Margot frowned. Ooh, cause she's a jealous bitch. You do look much better, Billings offered. His two friends nodded in agreement and took almost synchronized drinks because the author of this book didn't want to actually describe freaking minorities as individual people with personalities, so he wrote this garbage instead. Everyone at the table seemed to be smiling except Margot. Now just fetch me if you need anything else tonight, she said. It's been pretty slow since the men in red left yesterday morning. Men in red, Margot asked, alarmed. Sure, they brought the place out. Sure, they bought the place out for three nights, she said after Jeff corrected his reading of the book. I guess they had some business at Freben's Run or somewhere north of here. Oh, oh, 
Wait. Okay. All right. All right. This I should not make any comments. Let's continue reading. <clears throat> Let's start this paragraph again. Are we ready? Sure. They bought the place out for three nights, she said. I guess they had some business at Frevin's Run or somewhere north of there. They'd get pretty rowdy. They sure did. Horatio added. Margot closed her eyes in disbelief. These three were not cut out for the business of fleeing in secret. Why is Azan not talking at all? Ah, that's weird. Genevieve put her hands on her hips. Did all of you come from there originally? No, Henry answered calmly, laughing. Ha! We were passing through, but the roads were just packed with them. We saw plenty coming here. Right, Margot? Fake drinking break! Margot just nodded, but... Yeah, Margot just nodded. She didn't like all this disclosure to a stranger. Another fake drinking break. What happened to the formatting in this section? All right, two fake drinking breaks in a row. That meant I had to go get a refill from the old cask. All right, Margot, no, I just didn't like this. All this disclosure to a stranger. I can imagine, Genevieve said in a friendly tone. I can imagine. Uh, what's a friendly tone? I don't know. Still, they were fine enough guests. They certainly pay well. I'm sure, Henry agreed before she strolled off. I didn't actually take a drink for those drinking break. Mm. Very nice. Why? Oh, why would you tell her that? Margot asked. Horatio! Horatio is so awesome, all right. It just slipped out, he admitted. She's harmless, Margot. Very sweet, Margot said before drinking. Oh, wrong thing to tell your girlfriend. Youch! <laughs> yes, she seems very sweet, Margot said in a mocking tone. And talkative. How many people do you think she'll mention us to? She'll tell everyone about the guy with the neck wound from Freben's run. All right, Margot. But there's nothing we can do tonight, Henry said, trying to remain calm. We just have to get through the night. And that ends chapter 26. So I think in this chapter, I mean, what we really got out of it is Margot... I'm going to say mildly jealous. I don't know. She immediately doesn't like Genevieve. But maybe she's got, like, reason to not like Genevieve, who we'll probably never hear about again. But I guess she's saying that Genevieve's going to be a talker. I think that's a fair statement. She seems to be quite taken with Henry. Ooh, Henry's such a catch. She probably likes his, uh... Did he have red hair? I feel like he has red hair. Whatever. I mean, his last name is McCallum. I assume he has red hair. Whatever. Mm, I don't know. I feel like the book has mildly established that... Well, I guess I should take that back. Henry is clearly in love with Margot. At least in most of these books. But does Margot have any reason to be jealous? So my guess here is maybe, like... Because she doesn't... Maybe she hasn't treated Henry so well to this point. You know, she's very resistant and hits him and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know. So is Henry, like, prone to, you know, falling for 
women who treat him nicely? I feel like maybe. All right, so this is an interesting twist. Maybe Margot is right to be jealous because she treats Henry, Henry kind of shitty a lot of the time. I don't know. The problem here, of course, is that I like Margot more than Henry, so I don't really have a good description of what's occurring here. Hmm. Yeah. I hope that the way I wrote... Well, maybe this book, the way I wrote it, does make it sound like Margot is kind of like... Um, Stu's fiancé-to-be from The Hangover? Does Margot seem that bossy? I hope she doesn't seem that bossy. I mean, she's supposed to come off as mildly bossy, but not to, like, a abusive level, I guess is the way to describe it. Wow. This book is dark when you think about it. <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be. All right. Margot and Henry, they fight a lot, but they seem to like each other more than a lot. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to show in this this chapter, maybe, that, oh, look at that. The lovely Laura sent me a text. But we're supposed to show in this chapter, I think, that Margot can be jealous, but not necessarily that she has reason to be jealous. Henry showed no sign of, I guess, liking Genevieve in that way. She just He just said she was sweet. But I can see how that would, like, set off his girlfriend. I don't know. I guess. I guess I can see how that would happen. Whatever. <sighs> yeah. All right. Let's do some discussion questions, shall we? Okay. So, as usual... This chapter includes some poor descriptions of a horse. <laughs> okay, so uh, question one. How do you push a horse? So they push the horse hard. Does that mean they're just whipping the shit out of it or like using the reins? Is that like terminology anybody uses, pushing a horse? I feel like maybe it, that that's like the proper term. But I don't know why I would think that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> right into the show, jeffreadsisbook.com. I have no idea how you would describe, like, overworking a horse or... It's not overworking, per se. You're just, you know, trying to... What would a jock say, right? You're trying to extract the best, the most effort from the athlete. Yeah, that's what you're doing, but with a horse. I think that makes sense, yeah. I don't know. Is that the right term? How do you push it? I would assume it's a horse. You're just whipping the shit out of it, which the horse can't possibly like. Does that hurt? All right, 1B. Does that hurt horses when you whip them? I feel like it does. I don't know. I don't know anything about horses. I don't know. Horses are kind of neat, but they also smell like a farm animal. And as a, uh, you know, a rube suburbanite man who enjoys the nicer things in life, like uh, bourbon and indoor plumbing, I guess I'm not really into horses. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. If it were medieval times, I would have died at like 12 from appendicitis. What are you going to do? All right. Question two. Um, okay, so Billings points out that he hasn't explored this town. He's only been there for two months, right? Okay, question two. Uh, after you move, how do you explore the surrounding neighborhood? Huh? How about that? Yeah. So Billings, his method was to do nothing at all, apparently. But 
I don't know. When I first moved to the current house where the studio is located and the studio audience, they're all waving to me. They're all here too. That's exciting. Yes. They're up in their raised seats looking down at the stage and the stage is my desk with a freaking microphone propped up on a speaker in front of a Macintosh computer screen as I look at a wall instead of the live studio audience. But they seem fine with that. Right, guys? Yep. Yep. They're all nodding. Okay. What the hell are we talking about? All right. So, uh, I've been in this house for, hmm, like a shit ton of years. I feel like if I tell you the exact number of years, it's like a security question for my bank. So, I've been in this house for a long time, but it took me a considerable amount of time to find, like, where the nearest Target was or or Walmart for that. There's a street nearish my house named Walmart, which what the fuck did they name it that for? Because at one point the realtor, when we bought the house said it ends at Walmart. And I'm like, Oh, so there's a Walmart down this road. No, there's a, there's a street named Walmart down this road. So fuck that. What the hell is that about? I don't know. It took me a long time to really get my vibe around here. I feel like at this point I've been here for countless years and that's not the answer to my bank security question but i've been here for countless years and i've explored pretty well i know a lot of the i guess more hidden spots at this point you know what i mean i don't know what's your like methodology for exploring i i do i've mentioned that i do some like high school soccer stuff you know i'm not gonna reveal that either i don't know somebody could find that out pretty quick who gives a crap anywho i've explored around that high school too just to know more about the town that i coach in and all that kind of stuff but i don't know what what are your methods i'd love to find more fun interesting places to go to I, I think the last like big discovery that the lovely Laura and I had were, where were we? We were coming home from a winery, I believe. Let's say a winery. I don't know. And we turned down a back road that I knew would lead to a main road that would lead to home, blah, blah, blah. And there was this like huge greenhouse and park there. And we pulled in and we got to walk around like this for like a dollar it was like a tropical plants greenhouse that the county that we were in like sponsored. It was awesome. And I'm like, I've never even seen or heard of this place, but there it was. What are you going to do? It was pretty cool. I don't know. If you have any good methods for exploring, write into the show, jeffreadsbook.com. And if you say Apple Maps, uh, please include your address so I can come and kick you in the crotch, right? Woman or man, whatever. I, mean, I don't discriminate on sex or, you know... I'm just going to kick you there. That's fine. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, if you do want to write into the show, here's how you do it. You're going to go over to jeffreadsbook.com. And right there, there's three ways to contact me. You can hit me up on email at jeff at rainbow-100.com. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. It's all one word. There's no underscore. I guess there's an at symbol at the front, but... I mean, that's all Twitter accounts, right? Yeah. And then you can hit me up on Mastodon at Jeff at toot.rainbow-100.com. 
Com. And that'll connect to a computer in my basement, so that's fun. And then you'll be like 10 feet from the live studio audience. Everybody wave. Yay! They're waving. Okay. That about does it for the show. I feel like um, this was kind of a weird one. But we're going to edit it. We're going to release it. I can't see a reason to retake it, right? So I guess that does it. So until next time, keep on reading. <laughs>